Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Father John Bartunik. He is a priest with the Legionaries of Christ and was ordained in 2003. He provided spiritual support on the set of Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Father has contributed commentary on NBC, CNN, Fox, and the BBC. He's also an author of many books and many essays, including Father's latest book from Sophia Press Institute, 40 Days to Peace in Union with God, A Journey in Prayer Through the Daily Gospels. Father, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, You know, it's such an important topic, prayer, and, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that not enough people take it seriously. It's almost like, you know, I come to Mass when I want to, and I pray when it's convenient. But prayer really is the lifeblood of our faith, isn't it? Yeah, you can't really do much uh, without prayer when it comes to actually discovering the meaning, the purpose of our lives, and and fulfilling that and being fruitful. Jesus said, Jesus put it pretty, pretty clearly in the Last Supper when he said, uh, you know, I'm the vine and you are the branches, and apart from me, you can do nothing. So he begged us to stay united to him. And there's many ways we do that, but the primary one, even that, you know, the catechism actually defines prayer as uh, a relationship with the living and true God. So the primary way we stay united to the vine is a life of prayer, not just saying prayers, but a, an actual prayer life. Right, and continually growing in that, right? And, and it's a reminder to all of us, it's an intentional thing. We have to be persistent. If we just do it when we feel like it, like unfortunately we do with too many things in our life, it can easily just be forgotten until there's a major crisis and then we almost act like we don't know how to pray. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind. I think you're right, but you know, it's not it's not it's not like self-improvement exercises because um as soon as you set aside time to work on your prayer life, uh other individuals become very interested in that commitment. Um mm-hmm. you know, we have we have the saints and the angels on our side, but we also have, you know, the the enemy. Um, you know, the enemy of our soul is very interested in that. So so there's there's forces at work as soon as we decide to put, you know, Christ in the center, to really dedicate ourselves to prayer, uh, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. I think it's important to just keep that in mind. One of the things we say in this, um, in the introduction to this book of meditations for Lent is, you know, how do we even know if we're praying well? Well, sometimes it's just, you know, we're just showing up. We make a commitment and we show up, regardless of how we feel, regardless of how it goes, regardless of how many distractions I have to turn my mind away from during the time of prayer. I'm going to give that time to God, and I know it's going to be valuable for for His kingdom and for my soul. So you're right; it's going to be a battle. There's always going to be a battle involved in in our prayer life. Well, and the reminder is right in any relationship. If we wanted to grow, we have to invest the time, and even if we don't feel like it, right? How many times in marriages do people give up? because they just don't feel that feeling that they had when they first got married, which lasts about 20 minutes anyway, and comes and goes throughout a marriage, right? It's not about feelings. It's about that act of the will and that choosing to do it, because sometimes that's when the greatest fruit comes, when we don't feel like doing it, but we do it because we know it's important. Yeah, I think the the, the key there is to to realize that there's actually, um, there's actually a like seasons of growth in prayer. So 
if you go on a retreat or you have a powerful experience of God and he kind of gives you a feeling of his presence and a feeling of a desire to go deeper in his relationship, that's a real grace. And that's kind of like the jump start, and that gets you going. But then in order for us to get to kind of new levels of intimacy with him, because it's always based on our faith in him, he has to lead us through dry periods. He has to allow us to make the decision, as you said so well, like just the decision of my will, regardless of how I feel, I believe in God and he's the, he's the most important thing in my life. So I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to give him time every day. So we have to go through periods where we don't get anything back, or it seems like we don't get anything back. But eventually, if we persevere through those periods, and that's exactly where resources like this book of meditations for Lent comes in. You know, when you have a resource that helps you overcome that, oh, gosh, I don't feel like it. Well, this is like a help. It has a structure. It has some content. So if we work through those times when we don't feel like it, eventually, uh, and this is a testimony of all experienced prayers, our feelings begin to line up more clearly and more harmoniously with our faith. And we actually begin to feel off when we don't have that time with God. Regardless of what happens during that time with God, we begin to feel off. So, and so there is growth in the spiritual life. So I don't want our listen, listeners to think that it's always going to be, you know, it's just like a desert for the rest of my life. That might be, but in general, you know, there are periods, seasons of dryness, and if we persevere through them, we have a deeper experience of God's presence in our life, which extends and overflows into the rest of our day, not just our time of prayer. Well, I think that's, you know, the beauty of St. Mother Teresa, right? Out that all those years of desolation, but she had such a strong relationship with the Lord that even when she wasn't feeling it, right, her intellect knew that God was there and, and how important prayer was and something she never gave up, which I think can be a model based exactly what you're saying for each and every one of us. Yeah. And that actually brings up uh, another answer to the question, how do I know if I'm praying well? Uh, St. Teresa of Avila uh, made it very clear. She's one of the doctors of the church on prayer and, and a life of prayer. She always said that, you know, if you're praying, one of the ways you know if you're praying well is by how you behave the rest of the time. If you're becoming over time more like Christ in your perseverance, in your courage, in your charity, in your patience, etc., then your prayer is going well, regardless of what you feel like during your time of prayer. And I think with St. Teresa of Calcutta, that was her experience. God gave her a certain darkness for an extended period of time. Uh, and there were you know, different purposes in that. The theologians have reflected on that. Um, but she, she, during the day, when she wasn't praying, she continued to love and to be faithful to God's will in her life and to be faithful to her mission. And so that was a sign that her prayer was actually being fruitful, even though it didn't feel like it was being fruitful. Well, in this book, 40 Days of Peace and Union with God, put out by Sophia Institute Press, you started off by talking about the three-step guide to daily mental prayer, which I think is it's a great way to start the reflection because it gets us thinking and gets and makes us realize that we have to be intentional about this and that we have to get ourselves in a position so that when the Lord speaks to us, we're willing to listen. Maybe you can talk about that three-step guide real quick. Yeah, there's you know it's important to have some kind of structure, especially, especially uh, you know if you're working on on creating the habit of this type of prayer. That term mental prayer, 
that might put some listeners off because it sounds kind of strange. It's a technical term. It really refers to the most personal kind of prayer, like a Christian meditation, uh, where you where you have a conversation with God, you listen to what he's saying to you personally, and you respond with your own words to what he's saying. So mental prayer just refers to that. I like calling it Christian meditation. There's a long tradition for this. And the three having a structure really helps us because uh, we have to exercise our faith to be in God's presence. Because, you know, it's not like going out, you and I could go out for a cup of coffee, and it's a lot easier for me to recognize your presence on the other side of that table than it is for me to recognize God's presence when I go to pray with him. Because God's presence is mediated by faith. So having a simple structure, which is kind of based on the great tradition of mental prayer that we have in the Catholic Church, that includes the essential elements, can be a real help. So the structure that we talk about is, you know, simply ready, set, go. And ready is really you know, you just kind of create a sacred time and a sacred space. I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to have my time alone with with the Lord and every morning in this particular place. I'm going to light a candle. However, you create your own sacred time and sacred space. And you begin that time. You turn off your phone. You kind of recollect yourself. It's like those old snow globes where you shake them up and there's snowflakes all over the place. And when they settle down, then you can see clearly the scene that's inside that snow globe. So that's getting ready. And then set is the first things that you say to God. And we recommend just thank God for something specific. Ask him for something that you need or someone you love needs. And then open yourself to receive whatever grace he wants to give you. So that's ready, set. And then you're ready for the go. And the go is the real substance of this time uh, of prayer. And we've got five different steps that you can use during that. And and really, the best time to pray is whenever we feel we're most alert, and it's different for everyone, right? Sometimes early in the morning, mid-afternoon, maybe it's in the evening. When is our best time that we are sharp and we're most aware? We want to kind of pray during those times so that we can bear that fruit that, that we so desire. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the sharpness and the alertness is is one factor, an important factor. I don't think it's the only factor factor though you also want to be practical right. you you know the rhythm of your life so you want to make sure that it's something that you can sustain <laughs> you know? so um the recommendation of the great spiritual masters is to start off the day with your time alone with god because that sets the tone you tune into his voice and he gives you the grace you need and maybe even a specific illumination or an insight that you're going to need for that day. Um, so the recommended thing is in the mornings. But, you know, imagine if you're a, you know, you're a young mom with a bunch of kids, young kids, uh, and, you know, in the morning, you've got to really, you know, you're full time kind of helping them get set, maybe getting them off to school. So your quiet time, your time when when you're really available to focus in on God is probably going to be maybe after the kids go to school, and then you can have 20 minutes, and you can sit in your prayer chair, and you can be alone with the Lord, and maybe sip your coffee uh, with him there, and, and, you know, dig into the scriptures, however you want to do it. Or St. Francis de Sales has a recommendation, you know, for busy lay people. Um, he says, sometimes the best time to have your, your, your regular time with God is uh, before dinner, like after work, before dinner is kind of a lull, 
And sometimes we can fill that in with things that, you know, in the end aren't real substantial, but we're transitioning. So he recommends trying that if, if you know, if someone has, has had difficulty trying it in the morning. So the key is to get to try something and see how it goes, adjust as you need to, but really kind of find that that regular time and regular space so you can have this encounter with God. So each day there's uh, scripture, there's, you know, a chance to reflect, respond and rest. And I, I really like at the end where you say resolve, where how do I incorporate this into my life, into my day, right? It's not just this, you know, I prayed, okay, now I'm done. It's all right, how do I carry this with me so that I continue to grow in my relationship with the Lord? It's just not something, you know, I check off the box, I did it, now I can move on. Yeah, I think that's important. So that's the fifth of the five R's that we use as kind of the structure for our, you know, ready, set, go for the go part of your prayer. Uh, and the fifth, the last step is make a resolution. You kind of, you look forward to the day um, that's coming either, you know, that day or the next day, you look forward and you stay and, and you kind of reflect together, kind of what you just said, right? You really reflect, okay, I've meditated, I've contemplated Christ's own patience, I've, content, con, I've contemplated his own goodness, uh, and I'm grateful for that. I've rested in it, you know, I've spoken to him about it. And what is he asking, how is he asking me to be his missionary disciple, his apostle, his witness in this day uh, going forward. And a lot of times, you know, what people find, um, if they're praying regularly, doing this type of mental prayer every day, sometimes that resolution doesn't have to change every day. Like, it might be, I know he's asking me to be more patient with my kids, uh, because this isn't, you know, I'm, I know this is where he's, so what does it look like today? What do I anticipate? How's that going to look today? Or I know he's asking me to be bolder, more courageous in sharing my faith at work. So today, what is that going to look like? What do I have going on today at work where I see there might be some opportunity? So we can translate it into some very concrete things, but it really is meant to be, you know, when you open yourself up for that fifth R of resolve, make a resolution, it, it wants, you want it, you don't want to just be, uh, what would I like to do? But really what, from what I've contemplated about Christ, what is he moving me? What is he nudging me to do? What is he inspiring me to do? So how do you, and, and we're, you know, the, the scripture readings are coming from the different gospels. Why did you choose the readings that you chose? Is this something that you've been doing for a long time and it's really been fruitful for you? Or what was the reason for choosing the scripture readings that you chose? That's a good question. So uh, my order, the Legionaries of Christ has a, a, a what we call a Christ centered spirituality. So we you know, we love to preach from the Gospels. We love to pray the Gospels. We spend a lot of time with the Gospels. I remember when I was a novice, our first two years of formation, kind of, a, you know, a, kind of a, a monastic period in our formation, we each had an, uh, at least half an hour of, of adoration every day personally, and our novice instructor made it clear we were only allowed to have the Gospels with us. We couldn't bring any other books, or we had to have the Gospel. We're very Christ-centered, so all the readings in this book are the Gospels of that particular day in the liturgy of Lent. So 
Um, that's why I chose the, the gospels because we're Christ-centered and the core of being staying united to the vine is the relationship with Jesus. It's not just pretty thoughts about the faith or reflections on, uh, you know, on what it means to be Catholic. No, what we want, what we, what we really want in our prayer is to spend time with Christ, to actually allow God to speak the word. Christ is the living word, the incarnate word to our hearts. So we immerse ourselves in the gospels of the day. And by choosing the gospels of the day of the liturgy during Lent, you know, we really give a chance for, for anyone who uses this resource to stay in tune with the extra graces that are kind of flowing throughout the church during Lent. Those gospels are chosen for a reason. There's a kind of a, a gradual building up to Holy Week. Uh, and the book includes the Gospels from, you know, from this liturgical year, includes the Gospels uh, of all the days and then also through Easter, right? So you get to kind of stay in tune with the liturgy, and that can really help you stay open to, you know, to the extra graces that are that are flowing during Lent. And if, you, you know, if you, uh, it can also help you get more out of Mass, right? Because, um, you know, the, the liturgy of the Word during the, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is is really centered around the Gospel. Well, and I try to remind people, when we come to Mass, that shouldn't be the first time we hear the readings. If we read them beforehand, right, the, the, to hear it a second or third time or whatever, is really helpful to us because we've already, our mind is already set on kind of what the Gospel's saying, and I think we're more open to let it speak to us. And I think, you know, this this format that you've put together is helpful and, and, a, and a reminder to us that, you know, sure, it's Lent and we need to focus on prayer, but Lent is a small part of the year and we need to continue this prayer life. So this is something that I would encourage people to pray at any time, right? Pick up, you know, the next 40 days of ordinary time or whatever. It, it can help us. And I think the way you structured it is very helpful because sometimes it's hard to get started, but you make it very easy the way you put this book together. Yeah, that's the idea. Again, having some kind of a structure and, you know, there's different structures you can have, but having some kind of a structure helps you exercise your faith in the face of all the difficulties that come when you try to deepen your prayer life, have a regular prayer life. So the structure really is, you know, you can use it. If you use it for 40 days during Lent, uh, then it's going to become familiar with you and you can extend it, as you were saying. Uh, you can, you know, you can use it and adjust it personally if you want to, but at least you have some some basic uh, parameter for your daily prayer time, so you can continue into the Easter season and then into ordinary time. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of the content of this book is actually extracted from uh, a larger commentary, prayer commentary on the Gospels that I wrote a few years ago called "The Better Part," in which all four Gospels are complete. Uh, they're they're included completely. So that's a resource that you can use during other seasons as well. But this one focuses just on the Gospels of Lent. The other thing is, it's a great family exercise. You know, I remember uh, Father Patrick Payton back in what forties and the fifties. The family that prays together stays together. So this can be something that can be done individually or a great family activity during Lent and beyond. Because the more we grow up in a house of prayer, the better our relationships are going to be, not only with Christ but with each other. Yeah, and I think that that's a great insight. I love that. Uh, you know, when I when I put this together, I was really thinking more of individuals. But now that you mention it, like it really because there's a structure and because it's pretty simple, like it, it's not, um, you know, it's just a couple of pages per day. So you could read it together uh, and then kind of add in your own reflections. The second R 
in the five stages of the go part, you know, is well, first you read, you read the gospel passage and reflect on it. What does it tell me about God? Uh, what does it tell me about the meaning of my life? What does it tell me about how I'm supposed to live? Um, so that second R, the reflect, yeah, I can picture it just uh, kind of going off what you said, a, a couple, like a, a married couple could, well, what, what reflection do you have? What does that say to you? Um, what does that say to me or a family altogether? You know, what, what jumped out at you from the gospel passage? And you share that moment of reflection. And then the respond is where we respond with our own words. And so that can also be, you know, each person can, can voice a prayer in response. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that example, or please help us to live that more deeply. And then resting in the Lord, that's the fourth of the R's. You know, I can, you can picture that even, you know, praying a familiar prayer together or maybe even singing a hymn together. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could, you, you could use it as a couple, as a group, even as a small group. You could do it as a, uh, you know, a young adult Bible study type thing and just pause on each of, the, of those stages of the go and kind of expand it according to the reality of your group. It's a great idea. Well, and I think, you know, your point earlier is at some point, just get started, right? Just start it and, and see how it evolves and how it can grow. But we can, you know, talk about it and have the best intentions. But if we never get going, then all it is is a book that collects dust on the shelf. And, and you know, this reminds us that, hey, we should be reading Scripture each and every day. That's one of the main ways the Lord speaks to us is through, you know, the sacred Scripture. And if if we don't, then we're really just harming ourselves and our families. So there really is a fruit to it, but it, it it's something that we have to get going. And I think this book makes it easy to start. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't finish. I mean, you can't, uh, you know, grow if we're not going to start. Yeah, that's critical. You just got to do it. You got to say, I'm going to do this. And, you know, there's a lot of different objections that come into people's minds when they, you know, when they're, when they're kind of offered or invited to, to, to really get started and have a regular prayer life. And, um, and I think it's important to keep those in mind because, again, we're, you know, we're not fighting, we're fighting against uh, spiritual powers, right? So a lot of objections can come to mind, but most of them aren't very reasonable. You do have time. You do have time to do this. Even if it's only five minutes a day, you can certainly carve out five, 10, 20 minutes to be with the creator of the universe and allow him to nourish your soul. Of course you can. You know you can. You spend 20 minutes a day on other stuff, you could, you can do this, right? Um, then another objection that can come up is, you know, well, gosh, there's just so much. I don't know enough about the Bible. There's no, well, you don't, you know, you just need your daily vitamin. You don't have to learn it all. You'll never learn it all. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to become perfectly holy in 24 hours. You just need your daily vitamin and continue the adventure of, of following Christ and give him a chance, give him a chance to guide you, right? So any objection that comes up, it's good to kind of have someone you can talk about with, you know, this is, you know, I'm just, I'm just too tired. I get too distracted. Hey, if you're tired and you spend the whole time just staying awake and offering that to God, you are advancing his kingdom. If you have a hundred distractions in your 15 minutes of prayer and you turn your attention back to God a hundred times, you have just expanded his kingdom and given him great glory, right? So the objections that come up, you want to bring them to the light. Talk with them about somebody who, who you respect and and don't let them so don't let them uh, impede you. Exercise your will, your freedom, that great gift of your freedom to say this is important, this matters. I'm going to do this. Well, and I think if you know if people are listening, they can say, well, you know, my prayer life is okay. I, I would challenge everybody to look at the course of the day 
And how much time do we spend on social media? How much time do we spend on our phones? We're maybe watching TV, right? Because where we spend our time shows where our priorities are. And I think this book can say, all right, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to pick up my phone for 30 minutes and I'm going to spend time reading scripture, meditating, resting upon it and figuring out how I'm going to incorporate it in my life. But we really do have to take stock and look at our day, don't we? And see, where am I spending my time? And if, you know, Jesus only comes up on Sundays, that's a problem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, time is is one of those great gifts that we don't think about maybe as often as we should. Um, you know, we're really called, you know, I guess a question that could help with that reflection, because I really agree with what you just said, is, you know, am I, am I, I want to do, or maybe a, an affirmation, right? I want to do the right things in the time that God gives me every day. And if you just pause and reflect on that, maybe, you know, at the end of your, at the end of your, uh, of your meditation too, you can use the, the fifth R, resolve, resolution. I'm going to use my time well today. What does that look like? What are the right things that God wants me to do with my time today? Uh, and little by little, you know, when we, when we actually are doing what we, what we know God wants us to do with our time, uh, and building his kingdom, being faithful to the duties of our state in life, uh, reaching out to those who are in need, spreading the gospel, um, taking care of ourselves, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a healthy self-love too. Then our lives kind of take on a certain rhythm, a certain peace, a certain joy and vitality that you can't get from the frenetic, noisy pace of the secular world. You just can't get it. But we've got to ask ourselves that question. You know, what are the right things? Lord, what do you want me to be doing with my time? Well, we're down to about the last minute. I know these conversations always go so fast, but how can people follow what you're doing, Father? And where can they get the book? And just, you know, how can they keep abreast of, of all the great work you're putting out? Yeah, well, all, all the stuff that I do, you can find if you go to rcspirituality.org, rcspirituality.org. you got online retreats, do-it-yourself retreats, got all my books, you can find them there. This book was published by Sophia Institute Press, uh, and so you, you can you can get it right from them, or I think it's probably available every, anywhere you get books right now, 40 Days to Peace and Union with God. Uh, so yeah, but rcspirituality.org is where you can follow everything that I'm up to. Well, again, appreciate all the all the great work that you're doing. And this book, again, is is one of many opportunities that people have out there to 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 kind of grow in their prayer life and to and to have that structure to kind of help kick them off and get them going in the right direction, as opposed to constantly saying, I don't know how to pray, so just not doing it. So Father, thanks for, for putting this together. Really appreciate it. And uh, I think it's a, a real helpful tool, not only for the individual, but also for the family. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.